Hello, and welcome to the Vivolution podcast. Vivolution is a global organization promoting plant-powered positive change through events and a wide range of content created to inspire you. Each episode of this podcast will share with you stories and ideas told by positive change makers leading the way in shaping a better future. YouTuber and best-selling author of Eat Smart, Naomi Smart, inspires millions of people online sharing her well-being, fashion and beauty tips with the world. She joined Venetia Faulkner for an information-packed discussion on sustainable and mindful living. This talk was recorded on the Vivolution stage at Vivolution Festival 2019. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this In Conversation With. It's so lovely to see so many smiley faces, genuinely, you all look very friendly, uh, which, is, which is just lovely. So I'm Venetia, I am a podcaster and a creator, and I am just so delighted to be joined by such an exceptional human. Please give a really, really warm round of applause to Naomi Smart. Naomi, hello. Thank you. So Naomi, uh, really, really inspired me to go vegan. I watched her YouTube channel before we were before we were pals, and Naomi was one of the first people to do what I eat in a day videos, which is super helpful if you're thinking about going vegan. And then we met in real life, and I fangirled, and that the rest is history. But um, Naomi, it's so lovely to be here chatting with you. Thank you. Always an absolute pleasure to share a stage with you. Yay! Venetia and I, we how long ago was it we met? Like about three or four, three or four years, years ago. ago yeah. We've just been really good friends ever since. So it's always so lovely to work together like yeah. this. Yeah. So thank you for indulging um, us. <laughs> right. So Naomi, let us start by winding back the clocks. Let's hear about your plant-based journey and um, why you went vegan and how you went vegan because you were kind of slightly ahead of the curve I think before it got very very mainstream or quite mainstream. Yeah it was about six or seven years ago when I first started becoming really interested in health and fitness and it was it was kind of when I graduated from university after a very unhealthy few years and I just came back home to Sussex and I thought right something needs to change what I'm going to do first is just start cooking all of my meals from scratch. So I started getting really into cooking and I, at the time, had loads of friends in Brighton that were vegan. And Brighton is such a great place for that. There's such an like, amazing hub of plant-based eating, lifestyle. And I grew up in that town, so it was kind of just the norm, like just to hear that someone was vegan. So I thought, okay, well, if all my friends seem to be really enjoying it, I'll give it a go as well, just for like a day or two. Like, it can't be that hard. So I did it. And then I thought, okay, yeah, this is actually really good. I really enjoy cooking this way. It was a bit more of a challenge, cooking plant-based, but I thought I, I enjoy that challenge with all of the flavors and everything. Um, so then those couple of days turned into a week, turned into a month, turned into a year, and it's now been, I think, about six years. I seem to lose track a little bit. You but do, though, right? As time yeah, goes on, you're yeah, like, I don't know. It's just like normal. I'm like, I, I can't remember how long it's been. But um, I then got really into just general health and well-being and yoga pilates running from being plant-based and i think the reason for that is because i just had so much energy it was incredible like not that i noticed how tired or lethargic i'd been before being plant-based but all of a sudden i just woke up and i felt almost buzzing i was like right i need to get out and do something what can i do am i going to go on a run am i going to do boxing it was just like i needed to do something i just my body was craving that like 
like active activity of some kind. Yeah, it's this reason why you're my favourite person to go out for a meal with, because <laughs> often when I go out for meals with non-vegan friends, I feel like. They're, they're not eating as much as I want to. Oh, <laughs> like, we, so you when don't we're want together. us. When we're together, <laughs> we really, we really go. We go to town. We do. We do. I think. <laughs> I mean, especially you have a lot of energy and you're super active. You really do live and breathe this really active lifestyle. It's such. It's so ingrained in you. Were you? You were making YouTube videos before going plant based. Yes. And yeah. then you kind of slowly introduced it into your content. Were you nervous about sharing that with the world? And did you get any kind of dodgy feedback or was everyone quite supportive? It was a really interesting one because, yeah, I had already started my whole YouTube channel um, before I even considered a plant-based diet. So I was kind of like vlogging and I think I was filming some of my recipes before. And I remember that kind of month when I turned plant-based I, I was a bit nervous because I felt guilty. I thought people wouldn't like it. So I was almost like apologizing. Like I remember being like, I think I'm gonna be like vegan now guys, but it, you know, it's because of this. And I, I was explaining myself. And I, if I were to turn vegan now, I would absolutely not feel that way. But I think because six, seven years ago, it wasn't as normal in a way. Um, and as far as I knew, like none of my audience were vegan. Like it, it had never been a conversation. So yeah, I don't know why I felt so apologetic about it. But the more I posted about it and started making these What I Ate in the Day videos, the response was just amazing. Like people's reactions were just, they were either really intrigued and genuinely interested and wanted to know more about the vegan lifestyle, or they were already vegan and be like, yeah, I've been vegan for like 10 years. It's great. Really glad that you're on board. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Where have you been? Why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> so it was like an amazing kind of, it felt like an amazing community that I suddenly had created. And then suddenly there were all these people asking for your recipes and kind of really hankering after a book, which you made. Yeah. You made a book, yeah. an amazing book. And I love how you still... You still make the recipes after oh it. The God, recipes the are still time. so relevant. Yeah, I love that book. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, wrote Eat Smart, um, and that was purely because my audience wanted like my recipes in one place. I'd started handwriting all of the recipes that I was creating, just so that I had a bit of a log for it personally, and if friends and family came around for dinner, they'd ask for the recipe. So I'd have like this handwritten thing, just be like, there you go. Um, and then my audience were like, oh, why don't you just write it all out and have it all in one place? and then we can have access to all of these recipes. Um, and I was just so fortunate that at the time, uh, a publisher was interested as well. So it was just perfect timing. So I created 150 exclusive recipes that weren't already on my channel. Um, so that was a fun and interesting time where I spent just a good few months in the kitchen, just cooking and eating. Trialing <laughs> so many recipes. So you many didn't recipes. leave the kitchen. No, did, I basically didn't just leave the in kitchen. kitchen yeah. Yeah, Slept it was, there. Yeah, it was brilliant, <laughs> just eating food. And the hardest part of it was just deciding which one is going to make the cut. So, so good. Yeah, no, that was such a great experience. Um, and yeah, still love all those recipes. So the Happy Pair just came on and spoke a lot yeah. about community love and those connection. Yeah, big fans. They're so <laughs> great. And I was wondering, you know, health is such a big part of your life. And I think, um, especially when you're vegan, it's such a, it sounds like it's, can be quite a daunting prospect because you're cutting so much out but really and I think we probably felt the same when I went vegan I felt like I was eating more than I ever had before in terms of variety mm. suddenly there are so many vegetables and it's just all really exciting yeah. how do you still feel inspired by veganism and what are the kind of things outside of 
diet and exercise that you do to make you feel really good and really, you know, really healthy. Yeah, I, I definitely focus on the fact that veganism has opened up so many doors to me rather than closed them. Because I do think a lot of people, like even now, I, I have people that say, oh, it must be such a restrictive way of life. Like, do you ever feel like you can't do something or go somewhere? And actually, I think, no, if anything... I feel like there are so many other places that I have been introduced to and I, I love, I still get so excited about vegan cafes and restaurants. Like after all these years and especially being in London, there are so many, but every time I hear of a new one or like, oh, there's one around the corner, I genuinely get so excited and I love just trying different places, new food. Um, in terms of like well-being, what do I do other than that? Um, I think last night was a really good example. I'd had a really stressful day and I sometimes you know when you just need to, stop and listen to yourself and think what does my body need right now what does my mind need what can I do to make myself feel a bit better after a really stressful Friday afternoon and I looked on my Google Maps and there was a Planet Organic around me so I just went and had a hot chocolate with CBD and a vegan banana bread and that sorted me out <laughs> so it's just all about listening to your body and there, there was a part of my brain that was like oh, I could go to the bar early before I meet my friends and like maybe have a cocktail or something. And I thought, no, 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 no. That's not what I need right now. I need some vegan banana bread and a hot chocolate with CBD. Oh. So that's exactly what I did. Here we are two peas in a pod. We are two peas in a pod. Like you would have made that choice as well. I would have done 100% Absolutely. banana bread over gin any day of the week. Um, so I want to also hear your thoughts on living a plant-based lifestyle mm. and a sustainable lifestyle online when you have as big of a following as you do. If you guys don't follow Naomi on social media, there are a lot of people watching her, a kind of terrifying amount. Uh, to me, I see it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And you handle it with such grace. I really have to say that you are so kind of elegant in your approach to social media. Because unfortunately, I guess there are two sides of it, but when you put yourself on online as someone trying to make good change, um, suddenly people want to call you out. They're so ready. And usually they're the ones who are doing sweet F.A. So I want to know more about how you handle that and how whether or not being called out for something has actually inspired you to make further change in your own life and yeah how you kind of handle it with such grace I find it really inspiring yeah unfortunately one of the things I've had to learn is the bigger the following you get the more backlash you're going to get not everyone's going to like you and people online are just a lot more vocal about it so I've had a lot of like really awful comments in the past, now, currently, just all the time on all platforms, um, particularly when it comes to veganism and sustainability. And I think it's that thing where as soon as you touch on a subject, whether it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to start using a reusable water bottle, for example, people are so quick to then call you out on every other thing that you're doing that isn't necessarily sustainable. Um, that was something I, had, I, I struggled with at the beginning. It made me go a bit quiet on the subject. I was like, oh, okay, well, people clearly don't like this. I'm just going to keep that to myself. And then I realized, actually, no, the people that are interested in this topic and want to know more, that, to me, is a lot louder than the negative. I'd rather help to inspire or just be on the journey with my audience it going in the right direction rather than listening to the negative ones and just not doing anything and it halting everything that I stand by. I've actually had a couple of friends that have an online presence and from their social media you would not have any idea that they know anything about sustainability and veganism and everything 
behind like behind closed doors they're so passionate about it and I've been surprised I'm like I didn't know you were so into sustainability like why you should talk about this they're like oh no 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 cannot cannot talk about it I've seen the backlash you get <laughs> I cannot do that you're brave <laughs> and in a way I'm like I don't blame you but how sad is that that people are feeling like they can't talk about these positive topics because they're going to get so much negativity from it mm. it is really sad yeah, isn't it I, I guess really it's just a I just hope we get through that period where people are actually encouraging about all the little things that we're doing that can have a great impact and rather f than focusing on the little things that maybe we're not quite ready to do. Absolutely. I think, I, th I feel like the majority of people are like that, probably about 99%. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. it's just that 1% who are discouraging. Yeah. And as humans, our natural instinct is to listen to that 1%. It's re it is really frustrating. Um, something that I've been really impressed by with you over the past kind of year or so is how you've put your passion for sustainability into practice. Uh, you have hosted a lot of swap shops, which has been amazing to see. So tell us about swap shops and how you've kind of gone about organising those. Yeah, so it was when I started becoming more and more interested in sustainable fashion. I love fashion. And the more and more brands that I was finding, I was really encouraged that were doing the right thing. I was like, this is brilliant. But a lot of them aren't necessarily accessible to everyone, whether it's the price point or they're not in London, you know, and whatever reason, they're not always accessible to everyone. So I thought, how can we make sustainable fashion fashionable and accessible to everyone? So I decided to start something called Smart Swap, which is a, a swapping party, really. It's more of like a nighttime event. There's a bar. We have a couple of drinks or coconut water, whatever your jam is. And we just have like a really nice conversation, get a few people together. I um, put the tickets on my social media um, and people just come along, have a lovely evening and most importantly, swap their clothes. So they've come along with anything from one item to 10 items, how, whatever they want to bring. And then they can swap that for something else. But one of the most important things about it was I don't want people to feel embarrassed about what if no one wants my clothes? Because that's a lot. I had a lot of comments like that. Like, I really want to come, but what if no one wants to take my clothes? So it's totally anonymous. As soon as you arrive, you hand over your um, your items, and then you get a, t a token. Like, depending on what you've brought, you get one or two, or three tokens, and then you use those tokens to purchase something else that's there. And I make it as nice as possible. Like, just the a good shopping experience. It's more like a boutique with like nice rails. We keep it all tidy and everything um, rather than just like madness stuff on the floor, just scramble for it and see what you can find. So I just wanted it to be a really enjoyable social event. Um, and hopefully have another one coming up in December also for the party just in season. For the party season, exactly. I like that. And any clothes that don't get picked up, I'm assuming most of them go, but if they don't, they go to... We partner with Clothes Aid, which is a brilliant organisation where they take the clothes and if... I mean, they either donate them to other charities for people like the homeless to wear or they actually uh, recycle the fibres to make new garments awesome. so everything is either recycled or reused, given away. I love that. Yeah. Um, it, I'm so delighted that you live in the way that you do and yet you're really glamorous you always look just on point like, how is her hair always that fab and you're really passionate about 
beauty and beauty products. You you love you love a good cleanse. Oh, I do love a good cleanse. I love skincare. You love skincare. Beauty skin junkie. That's yeah. the word, skincare. That was the one I was after. Um, <laughs> you love a good cleanse. You love, a good, you love cleansing your face with a muslin cloth. Um, tell me. Tell, That's true. T- tell me uh, about kind of what you look for when it comes to beauty products and what we should all be looking for and also whether or not you have any sneaky little habits that we could all kind of incorporate into our into our lives and fellas this is for you too um (laughs) in terms of you know what we could do with our with our beauty regimes and our skincare to be more sustainable yeah so interestingly when I turned towards this um vegan lifestyle it wasn't necessarily the food or the fashion that i found hardest to transition into it was the beauty because i hadn't even realized that most beauty products aren't vegan or they they test on animals or or even that it's just that the ingredients really aren't that great for our skin you know some of the top brands that are claiming all of these things like okay like glowing radiant skin blah 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 you look at the ingredients and I'm like, how can those chemicals do that to our skin? I just don't, I, there was something that I didn't trust about it. So that's when I started um, researching more and more into um, natural vegan um, beauty. And it's whether it's the diet or the skincare, I'm not sure because I did it kind of the, at the same time, but my skin and hair and nails and everything has really, really improved. So I, I just love that kind of whole transition of the natural beauty. It's more of a... It's like a ritual in a way. Like I just, I really enjoy it. Like taking even five, ten minutes in the evening and the morning to just cl- have a deep cleanse with the muslin cloth <laughs> and just using all of these beautiful beauty pro- products like the essential oils and everything, like just take breathing it in and just taking time for yourself. It's like meditation. And as someone who works with brands a lot, mm. how is it, do you find it tricky to know whether or not a brand is cruelty-free and vegan and to do that research? I do so much research myself into any brand that I work with. They're brands that I work with that I use personally anyway. So I kind of already know, like, okay, they're great. But then I would also, like, sit down and have a chat with the the team and just say, right, is this actually cruelty-free? Like, talk me through this. Because there's obviously the whole thing about China. Like, you can claim to be totally vegan and cruelty-free, but if you sell in China... Yeah, where do you stand on that? It's really, it's really tricky. It's something that I still haven't quite figured out myself. It's so controversial because it's like, okay, well, if the UK beauty products have never been tested on animals, it's so hard to know about like what, where that, what their other markets are doing. China is, it's just a really tricky one. Mm. A lot of brands are collectively working together to ban animal testing globally, so that there's. It's kind of like under the radar. I don't know why they don't talk about it more. But some big brands are actually, for the last five years, have been really trying to fight against the animal testing in in China. So I'm I'm hoping that we'll eventually get somewhere. Um, But for now, I just really love the small independent brands as much as possible. I mean, in London, we are so spoiled for choice. Mm. Like by Sarah London. I know you love that as well. You're a big fan of that. It's such a beautiful beauty brand. And they're very new. I mean... Yeah, only maybe a year and a half old. Yeah, like a year or two. Um, Very small boutique independent. But absolutely, like, beautiful products. So I feel like if you have access to those kind of products, they work so wonderfully. Yeah, support small businesses where you can. Try and support small businesses as much as possible. Completely agree. I want um, to give you guys the opportunity to ask a couple of questions. While you think of them, uh, I wanted to know if there's anything... 
in particular at the moment that you're working on uh, to try and be more sustainable? So for example, I'm always asking myself with every single decision I make, do I really need this? Or am I just being silly? Do I really, really need this? So what's the thing that you're kind of focusing on at the moment? Is there anything that's really inspiring you to make a change? I guess there are a few things. I think every day you do have to just be very, very mindful and conscious of every decision you make. Um, I, I'm fortunate enough to like attend a lot of, um, say, events or meetings with brands and everything. And you always get given uh, the products at the end. And I'm becoming more and more conscious of actually, in a as kind in as kindly a way or positive way as possible, declining and just saying. I really, really love your products, but I actually just don't need them. I've already got loads at home. Like, please, just don't. I don't need it. It's not entirely necessary. Yeah. So that's something that I'm working on at the moment, just kindly declining gifts <laughs> like that. Um, another thing that I is my main challenge, not going to lie, is flying. I have to take flights um, for work. I have family that live abroad. To see them, I need to fly. And it's really tricky, and I feel so much guilt. Being in an airport, I almost feel like I need... I can't, like... Oh, see me, <laughs> Go incognito. Like, yeah, just, not that anyone would, like, do anything or say anything or recognise or anything. It's just something in my subconscious, like, I, I know it's not right to fly, but I have to. There's something called climate care. Um, it's climatecare.org, and it's to offset your carbon emissions. I know you, you and Max do this as well. Um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, can you justify flying by offsetting your carbon emissions because you're, you're still flying? And it's something that I literally argue with myself all the, like whenever I fly. Um, so that, that's my main challenge at the moment. I just need to cut down. I think the way... I think thank you for being so honest. And I think the way that you are with other people, you act with such kindness when it comes to making these changes and you should act with kindness to yourself as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. By doing this, you'll be helping get messages about inspirational, positive, plant-powered living into people's earbuds. Until the next time, take care, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.